citizens' greetings from Channel 9. ABC preempts its regularly scheduled programming for the following special. Brought to you this Christmas morning by Walt Disney World. Oh, boy! Attention, please. Eastern Airlines Flight 19, now ready for departure. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're entering the vacation kingdom of the world. There's enough land here to hold all of the ideas and plans we could possibly imagine. We call it Epcot. will be our experimental prototype city of tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of the Retro Disney World Podcast. Taking you back to the vacation kingdom of the world, the way it was, and the way it is in your memories. All right, welcome to another edition of the Retro Disney World Podcast. This is episode 25, entitled Anniversary Special, where we'll be taking you back to all the different specials and anniversary and birthday celebrations that Walt Disney World has had over the years up to the 25th. So we've got a great big packed show for you. I'm Todd McCartney, your host of the Retro Disney World podcast, and with me as always is Hal Bowers. Aloha, everyone. Threw him off going first for this this month. That's oh, right, yeah. mixing it up. I yeah, like it. I like got to change it up. JT Couser. Hi, from Ohio. How's it going, JT? Going good. How are you? And of course, Brian P. Miles from the city of brotherly love, but he's probably got something else to add to that. Season's greetings from the go. Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Oh, right. yeah. Is the holiday season, so I hope everybody is enjoying this. Maybe on your drive uh, or, or flight or just somewhere with your uh, friends and family. Sleigh ride. Sleigh yeah, ride. Sleigh ride. Grandmother's Over house. the river and through the woods. <laughs> and guys, we uh, we uh, we were down at uh, Destination D last month, all of us. We put out a little half episode. But it has all the fun of a full episode. That's right. It is. It's great. So, how I know you were a little under the weather that night, we but uh, anything you want to add that uh, you didn't hear in that episode? I actually I haven't listened to it yet. So oh, no. good. Wait, wait. Don't we talk we're about not, you? We're not going to move on here until Hal shares with the audience what he shared with us. Hal had a little bit of the uh, stomach flu that night, but the next morning, the first thing he ate was a uh, piece of apple pie. Of course, there we <laughs> go. Pie. There we go. Bye. <laughs> All right, well, Hal's got to eat our own dog food here and, and take a listen to, to the podcast. We'll, we'll get back <laughs> to you in the new year. I'm going to have some dog food pie. <laughs> exactly Don't that. just stare at it. Eat it. Gains burgers. <laughs> here we go. All right, well, we'll get started, as always, with our comments and corrections. We had a couple people respond back to us regarding... Uh, we had asked... Uh, there was somebody had written in, uh, I think it was about last month or two months ago, about uh, is there anything that scared us at Walt Disney World when we were... Uh, a child or, or just terrified about uh, Mike McGinnis wrote in and said he was terrified of the fake croc in front of Peter's pants flight. Um, and he says, I mean, cry and throw a fit and refuse to ride it terrified. So apparently uh, that, that uh, it was at age seven. Wait, 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 the croc is fake. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian. You know, I... we try to keep all the magic. <laughs> We've lost some of it here. Okay. I, I actually find this amazing because it's so hard to see that crocodile from the queue. It's right. like you only really see it uh, when you're getting off of the ride. So I'm I'm it, I'm so excited. I don't know how he managed to see it prior to it. Maybe it was one on the sign. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. We've got Kate Antilles wrote in, and uh, 
which uh, at Alderani, she says, uh, I was this way about Body Wars. I've never, I've still never seen a full ride video because this day I still get nightmares. The idea of shrinking really freaks me out and I can't do realistic innards well. <laughs> then so, then I, re- I highly recommend you never ever watch the Martin Short movie Inner Space. That's which right. Was basically <laughs> the precursor to Body Wars. Exactly. Now let's see. Hipster Mickey also wrote the studio backlight lot tour scared the hell out of me as a youngster because of catastrophe canyon <laughs> i can sure. understand that yeah yeah just riding along and then boom exactly so that was all back to if you have anything that's scary you didn't like write us at uh you know send that into podcast at retro um another thing that we didn't touch on last uh, in the half episode 24.5 about our visit down to uh destination d and everything was uh brian you you visited the golf resort um we did that as the, the previous episode and um you found a couple of really neat things in some of the photos you took there I did. Uh, the, the, the golf, the current Walt Disney World uh, Palm and Magnolia golf courses uh, still share the clubhouse property there with uh, the now Shades of Green, the former golf resort. Uh, so I went over to visit the pro shop at the, at the golf course, and, uh, which is very nice. There's a lot of historical pictures inside uh, that chronicle the years that Disney hosted the Walt Disney World Open Invitational Golf Tournament, which was from 1971 to 2012. So each of the year's winners are represented there in a, in a wall of photos. Uh, there's a lot of other photos from various things, including a lot with characters that I did snap some pictures of. And I'll have to tweet some of those out. I know I shared them with some people. Uh, there's some great merchandise in there, uh, golf merchandise, not necessarily historical, but some great rare golf character merchandise that you'll find there and won't find anywhere else. Uh, in the locker room, in the men's locker room, there is a tribute to Payne Stewart, who was a golfer who was killed in a in an airplane malfunction, actually. His, his flight depressurized in mid-flight uh, back in, I want to say it was around 1999 or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, Payne was local to to Central Florida and played at the course a lot uh, and perf- and played in the tournament a lot. So they have his locker preserved uh, in the in the men's locker room, and you can you can get in there and actually take a look at it. Uh, there's a there's a, um, um, a like a polycarbonate uh, or polyurethane uh, a panel uh, that you can see the insides of the locker and, and his stuff in there, and so that's kind of neat. But outside uh, the facility is a lot like if you're if you're familiar with any of the photos of the tournaments, uh, the exterior of the of the clubhouse is very cool. It has the uh, there's a there's a golf cart that is done up to look like Mickey Mouse, and I did take some pictures with it. It's parked right in front of the of the clubhouse, so anybody that that goes there can can look at it. But afterwards, we did wander uh, a little bit onto the Shades of Green property to saw where the pool uh, is, and uh, there's actually a a, a uh, dining establishment there outside along the uh, fairway, right outside the clubhouse that anybody can go to and eat. Uh, if you want to, uh, you know, it's outdoors. It's like mm-hmm. a it's like a snack bar, but they serve like lunch food. So it was neat to see that. I did uh, get accompanied into Sea Shades of Green while I was there. Uh, so th- the central building is still there. In fact, in the main lobby, the Palm and Magnolia, um, what's that called? Uh, it's like a frieze that goes around the the border of the of the roof line. 
of palms and magnolias uh, is original to the golf resort. Uh, so that is still there, and it's obviously a little bit of the, the original rooms and buildings are still there from the golf resort. But all of the guest wings have been demolished and replaced with four-story, uh, or maybe more, but I think it was at least four-story buildings, outbuildings going out both ways. So the whole resort's basically, other than the central building, has been completely demolished and rebuilt. Uh, so it's it's beautiful place. Uh, our servicemen and women are really fortunate to have it there for themselves. And uh, anybody who's interested, I would recommend that you uh, definitely check out the Golf Pro Shop. Uh, you just pull into the Shades of Green driveway and tell them you're there for the golf course, and they you know show them your ID and they'll let you through. All right. We also received a, a copy of a, of a film from BJ Major. We want to just give a shout out and a thanks for that. It's called The Spirit of Epcot, and um, a couple of us have been going through and picking out some some shots and i'm sure uh, i know brian you and how have, have looked at it a little more than i have but um we're learning some really interesting things from it and uh we'll probably have more to talk about in in future uh, episodes you agree yeah i think we'll cover it on a future episode but some really neat stuff about some origins of some stuff at epcot and some great footage of uh, i think it was the, the 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 film was used to promote to promote it to sponsors wasn't it I, I believe it actually appeared in the Walt Disney story as well. Okay. Um, oh, it was a pre-opening. Yeah. 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 So, so thanks to uh, BJ major for saying that to us. Awesome. Awesome piece of film. And uh, we'll definitely be talking about it in the future. All right. With that, it's time for the listener mail and uh, JT is running out to the mailbag as always. And um, JT, we've got a couple things that uh, people wrote in this month. Yeah, mailbag was full of Christmas cards. I had to sift through. Thank you for all of those. Uh, hung them and on the catalogs. mantle. Lots of catalogs. Lots of Sears it's, wish yeah. books. Uh, toys Neiman Rose. Marcus. All the expensive stuff. Yeah, so it was a heavy bag, but we appreciate your uh, your letters. Uh, you know, I got a good one here. I wanted to sift out and uh, a highlight. This is from Bernie, uh, aka BRB one thousand and six. I'm going to gamble. That's a Twitter handle. So check him out. Uh, I really love listening to some of your podcasts of past topics, but I'd it really enjoy to listen to a podcast with the main topic being about meet and greets you can discuss about the days when disney characters are still allowed to wander the parks which is uh, he's right that's interesting um he's heard from uh, lots of disney visitors where you know you get that random encounter and according to him roughly in the 90s is that when that disappeared you guys think yes the thing that probably broke the seal on that was the the mickey's birthday land because yeah the, uh, the, I remember there was actually, uh, uh, they publicized this quite a bit, that there was this feeling that it was too hard to meet the characters and you never knew where they were going to be. So they wanted to have at least one place that people could always count on at least Mickey, meeting Mickey Mouse. And that was kind of the the genesis of that project, supposedly. Was that like yeah. his green room where they had that? Or was that something else? It was I supposed to be his dressing room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Room, That's, I, I met yeah. him in there. Yep, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Big, big, yeah. Big, yeah. He was That's, cool. Yeah. I was very sh- starstruck because, you know, he looked like he was busy, like you're interrupting. He's like, look, I got a show to prep for. Just leave me alone. <laughs> right. um, and then he brings up, you know, he he misses uh, me- missing like Miss Bianca and Bernard. He said those are, are rare you know, rarities that are gone. I thought eh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've, you know that Miss Bianca's a mouse, right? I'm thinking of the cat from Aristocat that's in in that's, France. Sometimes that's Marie. Marie. Yeah, yeah. Lily loves Miss Marie. I've got a Marie here. Marie, yeah. yeah I, I mean, th- th- they've cycled They've cycled many characters in and out of there uh, over the years. I mean, you still see some in parades that you don't ever see out on meet and greets. Um, in fact, in fact, when they released Peach Dragon in the late 70s, they actually had a, like a like a papier-mâché Pete, the, the dragon that you could meet. 
No way. Yeah, I have a picture. It's like I just a, a picture, static piece of... A paper mache like Elliot in somewhere that you could meet and get your picture. That doesn't in. work in Florida, It's though. next to the concrete Pinocchio. Yeah, but, but yeah. like, uh, for example, there is it's a wonderful thing that circulates uh, online of a character spec sheet for... They had the Shaggy DA when they oh. released that sequel to the Shaggy Dog. Uh, they actually had a walk-around like dog in a in a in a suit with a briefcase that would like <laughs> stand and pose for fame. So there were times that they had like limited walk around characters that were only around really for the life of promoting the movie. Yeah. So, so yes, we do know they exist. Yes, we miss them. Yes, we wish that they would dig some of them out of storage sometime. I'll tell you what though, BRB one thousand six, you want to see some rarities, you become a runner. They throw a lot of re- weird ones out during run Disney events. Like they, they're you'd be the, seeing some oddballs. The run Disney and then some of the hard ticket events, they they bring yeah. out rarer characters. Uh, but of course the character we're all waiting for them to bring back is the Florida Orange Bird. Yeah, the Orange Bird um, made a recent appearance uh, on our website. If you guys have not taken a look at it, um, check it out at retrowdw.com forward slash Orange Bird. We have released the first ever restored footage of an Orange Bird meet and greet that took place in uh, Adventureland in, uh, I believe it was 1974. The the piece of film is, um, not only was it easy to restore because the, 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 the color was phenomenal, but um, the individual behind the camera knew what they were doing. They, they, they took some nice, long, slow pans of the park. But when it got to Orange Bird, uh, is at least about a minute of him in there. It's a, it's a the fantastic piece of footage. And um, as we said in our other episode, our, our half episode, um, you know, we had some nice retweets, some nice nods from Disney as well as from Disney Parks, which was which was really great. And some retweets. So it's definitely going around there. Check it out. And um, uh, guys, I think I think it came out great. I, I just yeah. it's one of our holy grails that we've you know we found. Because in our footage, he has the smooth head, and in the slides <laughs> mm-hmm. in '75, he has the furry head. Right. So so for those of you who wonder what we're talking about, Orange Bird actually had two different types of heads. His, his the original one was a smooth. Uh, plastic at the uh, head and then later on it was a uh, it was still plastic but uh, covered with a uh, I would say probably uh, um, some sort of felt or fabric that gave it a softer look and feel to it yeah. did he Which have you guys a prefer? cotton jumper on in any of those <laughs> <laughs> little little white buttons yeah <laughs> I I prefer the smooth so how what what's your preference on the orange bird do you like the felt covered head or the the plastic I I like the felt I like a, I like a little texture all right, so we're one and one now. Uh, Brian? I don't care as long as he comes back. <laughs> oh, you'll take either one. <laughs> yes. Wow. All right, I'm gonna I'll break the tie. I, I like the smooth the smooth head. So it, I was surprised it looked like such a small person in there too. Like it, was it wasn't yeah, like a big character. Mickey, no, it definitely looked Mickey Mickey size, I think. A little bird that thinks orange thoughts. Yep. Exactly. It was a it was a, a young woman initially. Yes. Was that what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. And and uh, Hoot Gibson. Who's yeah, still met her, inside. Met her in the grocery store in. one day. <laughs> yeah, met her in a grocery store. And and he has her name, so we should get she, on the show and find out what it was like. She still works for, for Disney. That's Does she? Yeah, she, 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 does, works, huh? she works at Epcot, so. And what's interesting, though, you wonder if she'll, like, know the difference nope. between the two heads. <laughs> like, did she wear them both? You never know. <laughs> these are these mysteries we try to solve. Well, we're going to have a costume made. We'll drag it into the park find her ask her to put it on we'll do a meet and greet in fcot i think totally if it was going to come back it would have a few years back when they brought i don't think it's coming back i just don't yeah well, i don't know tough, but the bird is strong never it say is. never 
Don't underestimate the bird. Um, I want to add one more thing. It wasn't listener mail, just a total random thing I saw, just a shout out. I saw this on Facebook. Yeah. Somebody posted in one of the uh, the Fort Wilderness groups I'm in. They actually, the people go out in the woods and they dig up like old, the, the old railroad ties and stuff, but they yes. found like, mm-hmm. like legit, like hardware, like, you know, mending plates and stuff from the old railroad. I thought that was so wow. cool. Just a Bikes random stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just to go out and explore in the woods, like where the track was and it's, there's still stuff out there, believe it or not. So we don't encourage, we don't encourage no, anyone no, to no. do that. No. no. So I, mean, I, I will say that will be hint number two to some footage that we uh, mm-hmm, hinted on mm-hmm. in, the, in the prior half. We've of got footage back. of people digging. Woo! <laughs> That's right. You should see. It's amazing. It's like an archaeological um, dig. All right. With that, I think I think uh, we're gonna zip up the mailbag. Is that correct? Is that correct? AD? Yes. Keep them coming, though. You know, if your your message didn't make it on the show, hopefully next time. Uh, podcast at retrowdw.com, and uh, we will be looking for your messages all for the next month. All right. Now, normally we go on to our audio rewind, and uh, we have a big, big audio rewind this month. So at some point in this episode, we're going to be announcing the winner of the giant prize pot. So it, there's an appropriate time to do that. That's coming up a little later, so we're going to get right into our main topic. And um, the main topic this month is all about the anniversaries and birthday parties and celebrations that Walt Disney World has had over the year, hence the, t- the title of this episode, Anniversary Special. And this is our 25th episode. Can you guys believe it? we've been doing this for two years? Absolutely. I've made my microphone into a birthday cake microphone. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> Don't get too close. Look at the icing on your face. So we're going to go through a number of the different celebrations that they've uh, done over the years, specifically the 1st, 5th, 10th, 15th, 20th, and 25th. And you'll see how grew over the years, getting larger and larger and more ornate as the, as the years went on. Um, so how you're going to take us back j- just to that first year, which wasn't a lot, but they're still, they wanted to celebrate that they had uh, had made it through that first year. Yes, there's, there's a wonderful, ridiculous photo, which... Uh, we will put in the show notes and pull up of this incredibly strange sort of like walking number one that's a first <laughs> birthday on it. And like it a just, candle? All, we spared no expense. Yeah, it's standing next to Goofy and they both look, I don't know, somewhat somewhat frightening in their early 1970s-ish. So. I just pictured Dick Nunes standing behind him backstage kicking him like George McFly, like, get out there. <laughs> Do I don't it. care how stupid you feel. Get walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, oh, and we should say the one thing that they always did, which I'm sure we'll touch on, <clears throat> is for the cast members, it's like they always had uh, little pins, sort of like mm-hmm. plastic pins that they gave out for each one. So even if it wasn't like one of the big anniversaries, you can see yeah. these quite often on eBay where there's a like a first year, second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year, et cetera, sort of like right. button, buttony pin thing that was uh, part of the extravaganza. And sometimes they did the cast cast member photos. They've done that a lot of times where they try to get a fair number of cast members yes. and characters in front of the castle mm-hmm. and do that. So um so obviously very, very quick and simple for the for the first. The fifth um got a a little more ornate, um, in fact that they they had a little bit of celebration. So I have a um uh, a piece of newspaper clipping from October second, nineteen seventy six from the evening independence. And uh, it says how Disney is billing itself as the world's number one tourist destination point. Um, and the big thing that came out of this was that it says it entered its six years today by vowing to complete its creator's dream of an all-encompassing prototype community of tomorrow. And uh, Bob Matherson uh, basically says, we have a firm belief in ourselves and in Walt's dream. 
So uh, that was about all. There was three paragraphs in this entire blurb in the paper about what went on. So um, I could, it, it says a Disney official announced at a, at a rededication ceremony. So um, there really wasn't a lot. Uh, but what went on otherwise in that year, too, was uh, that was a year that River Country opened. And, and as we talked about on a previous episode, uh, America on Parade. And, um, uh, you know, the biggest thing that they probably did there with, with that parade was the 1000 piece band that they put in for the September finale. So um, fifth was was noted. I'm trying to think if there's any special fifth merchandise. Was there? Yeah, I'm trying to remember if there was a logo for that. I'm d- I don't remember. <laughs> really, I think that at that point, the emphasis was on the bicentennial and getting everything. Yeah, yeah. For that. Right. It did coincide with, with, with the same one, yeah. So, again, as we said earlier, these get bigger and bigger as, as they move on. Um, the 10th was the next one. And, and how? You, where did you find this scan that you've got of the, of the 10th centennial? This is one of the first ones I got the logo. Yes, I had a, I had a issue of the Disney News that, uh, oh, that covered oh. the 10th anniversary. All right. So this is the first time that they decided to celebrate for an entire year, the, the celebration of the 10th centennial, which had a, had a great logo. It's a, a one and a zero with kind of the top third of the of the castle coming out in a very artistic fashion with the word tencennial underneath um how can probably tell us the font without just by looking at it by sight <laughs> um the font was and, awesome is what the font was yeah it was and, and actually if, if the prize pot this year has the tencennial coin that's that's included so um and the, the the byline to the to the event was a year long and a smile wide play on words there um, so this was the 10th birthday celebration and, um, you know, they say there's a musical concerts, guest disappearances and uh, by a bevy of top name celebrities. So again, this is where they did something every day for, for a year. So, um, what they did here is that at noon at six, there'll be a, a and I'm reading this directly from, from the, the Disney news, a heart throbbing main street birthday party, uh, attended by all your famous uh, and favorite Disney characters. Uh, the world band would be there. And at 4 p.m. came the glorious Tencennial Parade, a gala event with stunning floats representing each of the six Magic Kingdom lands. Now, I think we, if we haven't released it yet, I have to go back in our archives. I think we have, I think we have some footage of, of, of this, uh, of this parade, too. That, I find the 10, I do find that, like, the 10 uh, float, like, particularly stunning. It has a lot of very shiny things on it. I was going to yeah. say, it's a lot of silver and blues yeah. and, and everything, yeah. And like the Walt Disney World logo, like obviously hand cut out on some sort of router or something. It's it's very imperfect, but like it's Bob and his jigsaw did a great job on that one. They also had a uh, a large tencennial floral display in the at the at the lawn where they had the bicentennial display Mm -hmm. in seventy six seventy seven the up off of the uh, castle green. I guess it is. Yep. Right. Right. And there was a sort of like a fake cake display up in the hub. Mm-hmm. where the partner statue now stands. Right, right. Uh, and each day they did pick a special guest, a Grand Marshal, which uh, is, a, is a recurring theme in, in other years. Um, the Tomorrowland Theater also had shined with a show-stopping Walt Disney World is Your World, an original Broadway-style Broadway salute. Let's see if we can find some footage of that one. And um, they also greeted the first Tencennial family on October 1st. And um, then, then they talked about how on the second and third they did these things that they did some additional uh, on the third they were eye-popping extras hot air balloons flying high above the magic kingdom hoisting a magic number 10 um the majestic sight and sounds of 1000 piece band again that's 
seems to be the big big uh, calling there is with the large band. Uh, and then they did a stunning display of fireworks. Uh, it's interesting how they call it out along the Magic Kingdom Railroad route. Have, I mean, we know now know that they do things around Seven Seas Lagoon. Do you recall ever seeing fireworks where they shot them off from the railroad? Huh. Route, which I, I don't, but you know, when we actually, so here's one, one thing. When we had a, uh, when we were at Destination D, I was having a discussion with somebody on my boat and, and uh, forgive me for not remembering who it was. But they they had a memory when they were younger that the fireworks uh, initially weren't actually shot off from the Magic Kingdom, but they were actually done uh, from those islands at first. Hmm. Uh, so presumably then there there was not a, uh, a fireworks launching area set up behind the Magic Kingdom yet. So maybe this was sort of their first foray to moving some fireworks into the kingdom itself. And if yeah, you that's interesting. if you recall how we got to see them set fireworks off from those islands last New Year's Eve Eve. As yes, from our and it was spectacular. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. And the fantasy they because they run fantasy in the sky fireworks for uh, for New Year's Eve, and they run a, basically a test run the night before. And how and I were on a fireworks cruise the night before, so they were shooting them off from the island, which was you know maybe two hundred feet away from us. The Lane family of Evansville, Indiana is about to embark on its annual vacation. Let's join them. Well, the family's together. The weather is fine. This vacation is gonna be great. All the luggage is packed. So, so this is an interesting part. This brings us to January 21st, 1982. CBS. And um, I have a a sheet, uh, an article here actually from the Herald Journal on January 16th, 1982, just a couple days for the broadcast, which it says, uh, Disney World is 10, and it says, the musical variety show traces the adventures and misadventures of a typical American family, the Lanes. Now, this article is in reference to something called Kraft Salutes Walt Disney World, and before we talk about it a little more in depth, and this is, I, I still want to do an episode on all the different specials, because we're just going to go over this briefly i found some articles and some people and some reviews that that people have written but i'm going to read these to you guys um here's some of the quotes uh in re- re- talking about this special even a bit uncomfortable at times a painful duet about a familial estrangement <laughs> completely unnecessary flashback an odd mute asian child and by the gods of old and new i didn't know i was about to watch a disney equivalent of the star wars holiday special <laughs> <laughs> It it is one of I think the oddest. I mean, a lot of the old specials yeah. were very strange, but this one in particular is yeah, sad. So let, let's set the stage here. This was called Craft Salutes Walt Disney World. It was an hour special. Craft Salutes Walt Disney World's tenth anniversary with guest stars. Um, the the Lane family was suppo- was supposedly visiting um, Walt Disney World. It was the dad was Dean Jones. Um, and uh, his son was Ricky Schroeder. Uh, Mrs. Lane was Michelle Lee, and uh, I believe the daughter was, was was Dana Plato. You should probably explain who some of these people were, because <clears throat> so Dean Jones was in all the Herbie movies, right? Yep, and he and was a bunch exactly. of other Disney movies, yeah, yeah. Ugly Dachshund. Yep, yeah. So he yep. was he, Michelle Lee. I think was also in uh, in some of the Disney films. I, wasn't I think she in was... Scare, Scarecrow and Mrs. King? Wasn't that her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. 
uh, Dana Plato was the daughter on Different Strokes. Different Strokes, yep. And, and we also have we have John Schneider, oh, yeah. uh, Ma- Michael Keaton. We all know so Michael John Keaton. Schneider from, from the Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. Yep, he was exactly both, right. And everybody was all over him in this thing. It's it's yep. it's kind of funny when um, you Ricky watch Schroeder it. from Silver yeah. Spoons. Uh, there was the then there was the aunt, which I, I forget who played the aunt. Who was who that was? Ellen Ellen Burstyn. Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn. Okay. Who was on and, a Private Benjamin? Well, we don't. I forget who played the as they quote the odd Asian mute child who's in the in the special, but doesn't say anything the whole time. So you need to sit down and watch this because it's uh, it really doesn't have a plot if you've watched the whole thing. It's it's terrible. Um, how would you describe it? How I mean, it's I, I, just I, would, a, I would describe it as not quite as bad as Christmas at Walt Disney World, but up there <laughs> but up there because that's the zenith of like that is, that is the peak right. you, you can't get any worse than that again ladies and gentlemen we will have a show where we dive into these someday not not all at once though because no one could handle it i think i think the geneva convention actually prevent you from doing a like multiple <laughs> specials at once. uh it is it is worth a look there's there's the full on uh the the, the full show you can find on youtube um, but it, it's, it's certainly worth, worth, worth a look. I mean, and there's, there are some nice shots of like of old contemporary of the old contemporary inside the grand oh, yeah. concourse. So, I mean, there's some, there's some, don't watch it for the show, but watch it for the environs around. Right. Yeah. The history, you, you can fast forward through, uh, John Schneider's, uh, musical numbers <laughs> and, uh, the odd song with, uh, with Ricky Schroeder. It's important every once in a while when we feel we may be drifting apart to share our innermost thoughts and feelings. But uh, how you found the, at the tom- was it the Tomorrowland ticket booth and, and yeah, the Adventureland, the Adventureland shows. ticket booth. There's a there's a scene where John Schneider is serenading some ladies in their uh, in their tour guide plaids and small world outfits. Uh, the outfits that the uh, the swan boat uh, girls wore. So that's that's a rarity. You don't see a lot of swan boat action ever. Give that a look. Um, Craft salutes Walt Disney World. So we're starting to build here. We've got television specials going on. We've got additional things starting to happen in the parks. Um, but 15. We turned 15 in 1986 and everything began to change a little bit. <laughs> So before we get into what was done for you coming into the park, a few weeks before they taped a special, we're going to talk about another special that they put on television. Disney invited about five to 10,000 members of the media um, for a uh, four-day uh, event that ran from October 2nd through the 5th. And um, guys, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, remember the, the media did a lot of live radio broadcasts from tents of the Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Do you remember listening to your local radio station? and Well, how you were down there, so they had to be there, right? But I remember the New York stations were all there. 
Yeah, I, I mean, they continued to do that for for decades. Yeah, like at least well into the '90s. Right. Oh, we're broadcasting this week live from Epcot. Yeah, I, I know for the like the big promo days, they still do that now. Like when they did the 24-hour day at the Magic Kingdom a few years ago, the first one there were like 30 radio tents set up in the entrance <laughs> entrance plaza where they just had <laughs> all these regional radio stations from around the country broadcasting live as people were coming into the uh, into the parks. Like yeah, yeah, like like it was like a like you were waiting for election results or something. Like, <laughs> oh, <okay>. you know, <laughs> It's just so so this media event was again this was a media event but it was it what was really interesting about this is that Disney went out of their way to not only have the media there about their attractions but the Orlando area attractions. So um now remember at this time Walt Disney World was only what the Magic Kingdom and Epcot was 4 years old. Um so they invited people that they, they they did events from uh uh Cypress Gardens water skiing shows in the Orlando area they brought them in boardwalk and baseball how did you ever go there did you ever go to boardwalk and baseball, boardwalk and baseball? yeah i was a season pass holder look at, there look at that so there we go i was there on the go. starting lineup <laughs> yeah <laughs> i played shortstop and third it was a that was formerly circus world and then yep. uh exactly. hardcore brace jovanovich bought it after they bought sea world then it became boardwalk and baseball yep. but the reason that the other parks are invited it's like uh this is sort of like one of those cool things it's like there was there was a policy that dick nunes had called the the good neighbor policy and yep. Uh, it was the same thing that Disneyland did as a region as a regional park. They treated uh, at first uh, Walt Disney World the same way, where they actually figured promoting tourism uh, all around Florida would be useful for Walt Disney World. So they were good friends with Cypress Gardens and a lot of the other local attractions, Gatorland, and then uh, Eisner changed all that, and it became uh, completely <laughs> different. It became very territorial once they they built all the hotels and things, and it became more adversarial and more copying what the other parks had. But up until that point, uh, they, they actually tried uh, to be very friendly with everyone. Exactly. Yep. So we're gonna there's there's a lot that went on, but we're just gonna kind of highlight what went on on property at, at Disney World. Um, so perfect segue there with Michael Eisner. He and um, then President Frank Wells, Roy Disney, and Dick Nunes gave a press conference at the uh, the Walt Disney Story Theater at Town Square. And uh, then there was a night event held outside. And the next day, um, some additional events held at Boardwalk and Baseball and other things. But that evening, this is the second day, the Magic Kingdom actually closed early to regular guests and um, reopened later to all the media for a 15 years of fantastic fun blowout event. Now, they had Crystal Gale in the Tomorrowland Terrace, Four Tops in the Temptations at the Tomorrowland Theater, and Buddy Rich at the Frontierland Stage. I mean... Wow, did they fit Crystal Gale's hair in there? <laughs> <laughs> um, but guess who, guys, you know who was the headliner performing in Cinderella's Forecourt? Uh, I don't, Todd. It is. It was the Miami Sound Machine with oh, featuring oh. Gloria Stefan. Gloria yeah. Stefan. Yeah. She will appear later, so take note of that. That's right. <laughs> oh. She's gonna come back. So, and uh, apparently, also at the Walt Disney Story Theater, Eisner, Wells, and Nunes also were there to outline future expansion plans for for the park at that time. Uh, and then they capped off the night with the 15th birthday parade. Um, it was basically the Main Street Electric Parade and then Fasting the Sky Fireworks and Tinkerbell taking her flight over Cinderella Castle and all that stuff. And that's just day two. They had another day of, of events outside Disney. And then uh, the, that following evening, Epcot played a host to different events. Um, one was the Red, White and Blue Celebration of the USS, uh, U.S. Constitution. And they did Skylidoscope 
guys remember Skylidoscope that debuted? Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. So they debuted. They debuted. daytime. Yeah, pyrotechnic show at uh, at Epcot. So they did that early in the in the evening, so they could still see it with ultralight aircraft. That's right, exactly. Remember and Skylidoscope? They, yeah. do, do we know where they landed? Did they make a little strip or something behind Epcot where they, they did. could take off? Yeah, they, they did. Um, yeah, they, so they, they they would land behind World Showcase back yep. there in what was then Wilderness. Interesting. They had a okay. had a strip built. Yeah, right. So they also debuted Captain EO to the to the media there at uh, yes. at the pavilion. Yeah. Yep. They also now guys remember what came before Illuminations. Everybody thinks Illuminations, but I remember seeing this in 1986. Laser Fantasy. Laser Phonic Fantasy. Yeah. Right which I think blew Illuminations out of the water, but that's just my oh bold words. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, so they did that at ten, and the night was capped off by a performance. Wait, how could you get any better than that? Dolly Parton at the Future Whoa! World Communicore stage at 1045. Working 9 to 5. Working 9 to 1045. <laughs> uh, and then on the final departure day, they were given a beautiful handwritten scroll saluting each and every one as honorary citizen of the world. Uh, there was also a TV special done. Uh, it aired on uh, November 9th, 1986, commemorating the 15th anniversary. It's Walt Disney World's 15th birthday celebration. Did you just see who I just saw? Oh. Well, I think I just saw the air supply heading into Flower Alley. If we run, we can catch him. If we run, we'll need air supply directly from a plastic mask. They think they can sneak by me. Huh? Come on. It's an episode, actually, of the Disney Sunday movie, if you guys remember that on, on I think it was at ABC at that time. Yes. And uh, it starred uh, Rex Allen. I mean, look here, Ray Charles, uh, Walt Disney himself in archive footage. Um Mark Elliott, Ted Kennedy, Emmanuel Lewis, Art Linkletter, Gary Owens, Dolly Parton, Ronald Reagan, Harry Shear, Jack Wagner was one of the announcers, and Betty White. I mean, fantastic lineup. Um, and to not nearly as weird as Craft uh, Salutes. <laughs> so, still a good watch, though. Also, in that year, they put out a great book called The Walt Disney World 15th Anniversary Edition in hardcover. Do you guys have that one? The green? It has the look and feel of real hand-tooled leather. <laughs> on the cover it does and it's very similar yeah. to the 10th because they did one on the 10th anniversary too we should mention and the first one was the walt disney world the first decade and it had this sort mm-hmm. of uh linen blue cover with like a little cut out of the castle on it quite lovely great book if you can pick that up and um also in that year we had the living seas uh captain neos we talked about the grand floridian mgm broke ground um, and then a little later during the celebration we're going to talk about in just a second because the celebration went more than a year uh, the All-America Parade, and something for a future episode, the Daredevil Circus Spectacular debut. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a poster advertising it in my Disney room here oh, there at we the go. house. So. I do. <laughs> so, now, it's time to talk about probably the thing that most people remember uh, from the 15th anniversary celebration. And that was that as you went through the turnstiles, every 15 seconds at least according to what Disney said in the documents we have. So what would happen is that as you went through the turnstiles entering the park each day, you know, this was back in the day of the stamp tickets. So they would stamp your ticket. And uh, when you went through and the turnstile turned, on the end, they had these additional machines set up and they would actually spit out a ticket. Uh, it looked like a Ticketmaster ticket. It would print on there. It would say the time and the date. And and uh, there was this red box and right in the middle of the red box, Majority of the time that you went through, it would say, sorry, no prize today. Um, but every now and then, you would go through, and 
they would give you a prize and they had this special booth set up in in the magic kingdom in epcot where you would go over and and, and claim your prize um so i think we need to talk about a little bit here uh what the prizes were what was given out and and um see which you know who of us was down there and what did what did we win now the big prize of the day was that they gave away a car every day right there was a what was it brian the Chevy Cavalier they had. And they had this awesome picture of it. But remember in Epcot, they had the cake and the, 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 the cars, the red the, cars. The number 15. Yep. The number 15 on like mirror balled, uh, you know, spelling out like mirror ball material that spelled out the 15. And yep. then they would have a, they had a car underneath of it with the cake. Yep. Yeah. Parks right there. And if you, yes, if you parked right there, tantalizing everyone that went in with their sub. <laughs> they gave one a day. One, one yes. car a day. Yep. Every day. And 365 cars. I believe if you wanted, they would actually, you would be featured in a Cavalier in the Magic Kingdom parade every day. I remember that the, the winning family would go through. Um, and if you entered the Magic Kingdom, there was this Mickey alarm clock that every number on the dial was 15. I, it, these hands that, wow, resemble the, the, if you guys remember this, I don't know, totally resemble the wand of, of Epcot in, in, in two, 2000. Um, I think, guys, there's two things we need to do here. One, we need to go through and find out who was there in 1986 for this 15 year and what did you win and do you have anything today to share so jt were you there in 86 i don't think so i think my first visit was like 88 all right so we're gonna get a pass brian you were you there in 86 88 88 as well so how it's down to you and i let's 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 do a little thing here who who has what mementos left and what what do we remember all right. I, I did go in 1986. That was the one of the years where I, I got to go one time. And I did actually win a prize. You did win um, a prize. Right. I, I, I did not win on the way into the Magic Kingdom, but I park hopped over to Epcot Center. And when I went in, I got, a, uh, I got my ticket. And then I went over to the right-hand side, sort of where the stroller parking yeah, yeah. thing is now, where they have the little... Uh, also, sort of like the little photo op business, and I got a future world pin Ooh. with like spaceship birth on it, and it's kind of like a monorail crossing the front. Nice. All right, nice. future world. Now, I will admit, 1986, I was there, but there were let's see, four, five. There were seven of us there for a week, and then we went to the parks every day, so we had a pretty good chance of of winning something, and. Um, we did win a Just couple. When you were uh, you were throwing out lobster because they gave you too much in the treehouse <laughs> on, the go- and- on the gold. I don't think we were not on the gold key plan then. <laughs> okay, just curious. Go ahead. So so, um, we we did win a few things, and also my wife went there in 1987, uh, and she found this in and which is one of the congratulations envelopes. So when you would go oh, over, nice. and pick up your there's prize. a set of keys to a Cavalier in there, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna See, find out what's in here. So I actually already owned a Cavalier, so I didn't need it. You didn't one, need so. one. Boom. <laughs> I don't want it. So <laughs> I'm showing the guys right now. We have the congratulations envelope that you know you would open up. They would, they would put your prize in there with the 15 year logo on it. They would also that. give you one of these, right? The oh, I am a winner, winner sticker foil sticker. Yeah. So you nice. proudly display this. Now, I don't have all my winning tickets. Um, I do have uh, some from, from my wife, and uh, then I'll talk about what I won. Um, my wife won here on this ticket, Discovery Island. So this, wow. this is 19. 19- she won Discovery Island? She won the entire <laughs> island. We own it. That's why we closed it. Her name well. is actually Riles. Uh, <laughs> Riles Island, that's right. Maiden name, Riles. Um, <laughs> I have uh, two sorry, no prize today uh, tickets mm. as well. Um, <laughs> 
Now, I know my family, we, we actually did pretty well. We, we won two of the light-up visors that ran on All our right, rifle. I knew we were getting yeah. to them. Yep, so we had the visor with the, the little lights. that. We have to describe the visor to people. So the visor had a silver bill. Yeah. Uh, and there was some kind of, like, plastic uh, aspect to it, too, wasn't it? Like, the edge of it was like a blue plastic. Yeah, it was plastic. So I I, I may have a photo and, of me wearing it. And that. across the top of it, in the dorkiest scroll <laughs> you could imagine, it says, I'm a winner. Yeah. And it had, like, a 9-volt battery or something. Yeah, the 9-volt battery was, like, strapped to your left ear. Not, it was not comfortable. The 9-volt battery, which would weigh down one side of your head to light up, like, two LEDs on these sides <laughs> I of had it. About, the, I had about six. They'd go in, in sequence. And I don't even think they were LED. They were real bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> just see C seven, see nine bulbs. Your head would get hot as they started to heat up. Exactly. <laughs> Those mean, things were actually really popular at that time. Yeah, they were. Yes. Were. That was, they sold them for years. They're really at Disney. popular now. If you ever see them on eBay, or you ever ask Michael Crawford at Progress City USA to put his on for for a little session, he'll do He's that. Got one. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna he have tweets to get... a picture of himself in it like once a year. There we go. We're gonna have to get that. <laughs> yes. Um. They were also Discovery Island tickets were big. We won one of those too. Um, I think th- there were some other minor prizes, uh, you know. But um, my mom hit it big, and and I have it right here. Um, she hit. This is unused. This is a one day world passport, still valid to this day, that I have not used. Wow. Uh, the date that she won it, it says you may not use it on the day of issue, was October thirty first, nineteen eighty six, and um, so. That's one of what our. What were you doing at Disney World at the end of October? Shouldn't you have been in school? I was out of school. Exactly. Your parents took you out of school for, for this one week, vacation. man. Yeah. That's what we wanted. Look, I can go back for one day now. You now are you ever going to cash that one in, or is that like memento? I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's it's in my uh, it's in my safe with my other Disney tickets. But uh, yeah, it kind of has. I feel like you should something. frame that one. I might need to. I might. I don't think it's something. All right, well, we just got back from the parade, and we've been talking about all these celebratory gifts and and birthday prizes and all that stuff, and I think it's time that we give out the Audio Rewind Puzzler. So, guys, did you guys uh, get last month's Audio Rewind Puzzler? Oh, yeah, I got this one easy. You knew that one right off the bat. Brian, I know you knew it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Considering you did one one of our outros on that. So let's take a listen to last month's Audio Rewind. All right, so congratulations go out to Corey White. Congratulations, Corey. Hi, Corey. Uh, the correct answer is The Great Movie Ride. That was the uh, introduction there just before the, you get in the vehicle and uh, take off for your ride through the movies. So, uh, Corey, you'll be getting um, a copy of Walt Disney World's first cookbook. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. So uh, thank you very much for writing in, and congratulations. And um, we have something big to give away this is our big prize to give away right now um for, so for new listeners for the last year we have been putting in every month uh, um, an item or two into what we call the prize pot and in just a moment here we're going to have jt go through the prize pot and uh give a list of all the different things that this individual is going to be receiving and then we're going to dip into our magic lottery number generator and pick out a name from everybody who has entered the audio rewind puzzler in the past year so um jt why don't we tell them 
the whole prize pot list here. And and we are sending the actual list that you wrote it down on, right? You still got that? I still have it. Yep. I've okay. gone digital and analog, so just I have a paper backup in case the internet fails. But that will be going with them. Um, yes. And this is in order, uh, I believe, from when did we start this? January? Yeah, we started okay. last January. Correct. All right. Uh, an Orange Bird Yo-Yo. Is that new in the package? I feel like I saw it. Was it is. New? It's new. Yeah, I've got it here. It's brand new in the package. Never been yoed. Yep. A World of <laughs> Motion brochure. The Golf Resort Golf Bag Tag, which I did bring to give to you last. Oh, you forgot. I forgot. So it went back to Disney and back to Ohio again. So just so you know, it it's is well still, traveled. It's Disney fresh. Um, an Epcot Center salt and pepper shaker set, the expired Discovery Island tickets, the glass candy dish, the Tomorrowland handbook, Disney news from 1984 or 85. I have two numbers here, so it's yeah, one of those years. <laughs> yeah, the Walt Disney World Explorer CD-ROM, a ViewMaster reel from Frontierland, I believe. I think so. yeah, yeah that's um, correct. The, <clears throat> Walt Disney World 10 Senial Coin, mm -hmm. the Walt Disney World Pocket Protector, uh, a pin set, which is not retro, but it is at the same time. From all three pins, you get the retro WDW logo, the Lake and Lagoon Tour pin, and the Whatchamacallit pin. And are we adding anything else, or was that the last thing? I think the prize pot's pretty full. It's it is. pretty it's, sweet. The bag is stuffed. It's it's reached the and the winner does have to pay shipping and taxes on all this. So, <laughs> do we have a handling fee? Do we have a handling and processing fee? That's a joke, folks. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We're good. So all this will be the winner. And how many entries are we looking at? Do we have? We, oh, we totaled them up, totted them up. Yeah, we've got almost six hundred entries over the course of the year. So you have a one in six hundred chance of winning, unless you enter twice or three exactly. times. Or so okay. what so what JT's gonna go down, he's gonna go down the stairs right now and go on to the Astuto computer and um, hook up to that and uh, this thing is going to compute a random number generated and that will indicate the individual um, that uh, receives this this prize. I have okay. to kick this thing, it's not starting, hold on, it's old. Okay. <laughs> Computer has has it is booted. The RAM is firing. Everything's good. It seems to be good. I think we can squeeze one random number out of it here. All right, JT, it's it's time to call the call it. So you got the computer. You've got the random numbers ready. Drum roll. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Eighty nine is congratulations to Wes Hansen. He wrote in in October of 2016. Congratulations. The podcast Woo! prize pot will be going out to you. And um, that's Jeez, awesome. Wes. Congratulations. Big winner. I want to see you do everything at once, like the yo-yo, eat out of the candy dish, all at the same time. Everything. <laughs> everything at Reading. once. Reading. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. That's um, so thanks to everybody who entered. It's been a great year of having all these audio rewinds. Um, we aren't going to do one this month, just in the interest of time, and also uh, just to 
get the new year kicked off start again in january uh where you can have uh, start doing your entries and we'll start a brand new prize pot and um yeah we'll be giving away a cavalier every month next year <laughs> rusting you could actually probably afford to do that if we get yes and actually yeah. oh yeah oh yeah 83 yeah. cavalier so just as the 15th anniversary gave away something every day we give away something once a year uh, or actually, we give away something every month, but uh, the big prize pot this year. So, congratulations to Wes, and uh, that's going to take us back to over to how you're going to take us through the 20th before we get to the 25th. Well, the 20th is actually very special to me because I was actually there on October 1st, uh, to see the 20th live and in person. So I, I can actually talked about this one from memory. So, uh, so I remember we got there, uh, right as we could at, at park opening, uh, you know, walked, got, got through the gates, uh, under the train station. And then as we walked, uh, past the, the flag, actually, I think the flagpole was gone. We were like, Whoa, where's, where's, where's the flag? The flag's gone. And then sort of just parked there in the middle of the street was this float and we were trying to figure out why it had it had like the 20th you know anniversary logo on there we're just trying to see what was going on so it was it was basically right just as you uh right where sort of the the town square ends and it goes the straight shot down there uh so trying to figure out what that's about and there were some big parade floats other floats uh sort of interspersed down the street and they had uh they had the sides roped off. Of course, you couldn't walk in the street once you got there. You had to go up and down uh, the actual uh, sort of like sidewalks of Main Street. And they had people sort of line up around there. So I got a spot as close as I could, sort of on the left-hand side, uh, probably about three, four people back because it was packed. People wanted to see that. So uh, as we got around to about 10 o'clock, uh, all of a sudden uh, Mickey showed up on the float. And then who should magically appear by him but uh, Michael Eisner? Uh, and then Roy Disney. So, so Michael, uh, gave a little speech and, and thanked the cast members. He handed Roy the, uh, the original dedication plaque from the magic kingdom and had him reread the dedication to the crowd. So that was a really lovely thing. And Roy was actually a little choked up about that because it was his dad, Roy, that, or is that right? Yep. Dad? Yes. Roy yes. O. Disney. Yes. Roy O. Disney, who, uh, who who did the dedication speech uh, originally in seventy one? Wow, that's pretty cool. And then uh, and as a as a special like extra thing, so they had a photographer up on the uh, I think up on the Main Street station, and they had a bunch of people out in the streets, and they had those guys set up, and they were the whole thing is they're going to take a publicity photo of the straight shot down Main Street with the castle in the background, and then as a super extra bonus, they had the um, um, the Blue Angels do a flyover down Main Street <laughs> with the idea that they would capture the photo of everybody with the Blue Angels up on top. And it was it was kind of an overcast rainy day, so it, it wasn't the best day for it. Uh, but they they actually did it. They did the flyover, and then they actually called them back to do it twice. So they told the crowd, "Okay, wait." And then everybody act all excited when they come around uh, the second time, which they did. So they they got two. And then uh, when that was done, they debuted the um, uh, the new parade uh, that the new daytime parade 
um, which was a surprise celebration. And then all of a sudden, like the big, uh, like the big Roger Rabbit and the big Mickey Mouse, like inflatables came out of those parade things and actually had, uh, the gentleman who played Sebastian, whose name, Sam Wright was actually on one of the floats, uh, singing, uh, and they just did sort of like a mini version as, as the rest of it, like went down, uh, went down mainstream away. But that was, that was kind of the big blowout, uh, for right there. But that was a it's kind of a cool way to to kick yeah. it off. And uh, for those of you that are accustomed to like, oh, where's, you know, today it's like you I think when they did the 45th, it's like they had some buttons and some like a special uh, imprinted map for the day of, of the anniversary. They did nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing <laughs> for the regular person. It was I, I, the cast members got their commemorative buttons as they always did. But like the regular Joe's. They're just like, you're just lucky to, to be here and be able to see this. It's there like there was a- merchandise for them to purchase, though, with the 20th anniversary. Oh, oh my God. There was was there merchandise. Uh, yeah, tons of logo merchandise. And there was also, I don't know if they had done this with the previous ones, but this is when we first started seeing a lot of sponsor tie-ins, too. So I remember there were offers with, uh, with Kodak uh, videotapes and Kodak film where you could send in uh, like proof of purchases, and then you would get a pin from Kodak with the 20th anniversary logo on it. Um, it was, and the, the, there were a couple of versions of the logo. The, the one that you see most often is just sort of like the number 20, but there was a, another one since the, the concept was like, it was a surprise celebration of like, a the 20 coming out of like a giant Jack in the box and actually built like a huge mechanical, uh, display of the 20 coming out of the Jack in box that they put in the, uh, Orlando international airport. So uh, when you went through the airport at MCO, it's like you would see that as kind of a thing to get you excited about uh, going to the Magic Kingdom and, and seeing all that stuff. So, yeah, that was a big deal. There was a, a ton of merchandise and a ton of uh, advertising times. And Burger King, too, had uh, had toys uh, in their kids' meals that corresponded with that. So you could get, I think, uh, I remember there was, uh, gosh, I would think it was the different floats. So there was like the mini float. And then you'd get a chunk of uh, the land. So one of them would have like a chunk of Main Street. One would have a chunk of Tomorrowland. And then you could assemble them all together to make a little mini Magic Kingdom and then run your toys on them. So that was a, that was a big deal. Uh, another thing that happened then was at Epcot, uh, George and Barbara G- Bush gave their very famous thousand points of light speech. So honoring another, volunteers. Yeah. Yes. Um there was another television special and actually a very fine television special. So as we've been going through and talking, knocking the TV specials, <laughs> we've been I, improving I would, over the years. Yes. I would actually implore you to go out and find the television special that was done for this. It was called Walt Disney World Past, President, Future. It was hosted solely by John Lithgow. And he does a fantastic walkthrough, uh, not only of the parks themselves, but goes into a bit of Disney history, talks about Disneyland. There's a bunch of archival footage. Uh, he talks about Imagineering. There's some wonderful shots of Joe Rohde working on the, uh, or at least pretending to work on the uh, the mural at the exit of the Norway Pavilion. Uh, there's a bunch of shots of artwork of, uh, of um, oh goodness, uh, the water park that they that they built. Why am I? Typhoon Lagoon, yes. Uh, shots of Typhoon Lagoon, uh, shots of things like the Mount Fuji stuff that was uh, proposed to be built that didn't get built, like the Mount Fuji roller coaster, uh, the Russian Pavilion, uh, <laughs> um, and a number of other things. And it, it is really a, a great special. It's tr- it's done very straight. There's not a lot of jokey humor. 
very factual, but but still very entertaining. And, and John Lithgow is actually uh, a really good host. Some of the things that debuted with the the 20th anniversary, there were there were lots of uh, great magazines that were put out. There was a great uh, good housekeeping supplement uh, that went out. There was a number of uh, of publications, but uh, quick quick 20 things that sort of debuted at this time. So the Spectral Magic Parade, everyone's favorite. Yay! The long lost, much much lamented uh, late Spectral Magic Parade debuted then. The Surprise in the Sky show at Epcot. Um, which brought back ultralight aircraft and and more inflatables. This was the year of giant inflatables, apparently, because there were. It was a big thing. Big yeah, thing. and coming into the '90s, there you had to have over over colored items and large things. Well, yeah. that's when we had the uh, Air Force One, which was the oh, giant yeah. Mickey Mouse balloon, and Zippity Doo Duck, which was the giant uh, <laughs> Donald Duck balloon, and you had the gigantic uh, 20th anniversary Castle balloon. There was a it was a hot air balloon that's in right, the shape yeah. of Cinderella Castle. Yeah, yeah, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, this stuff did actually occur. Yeah, follow me uh, on Twitter. You see pictures of all of them from a time right. to time. <laughs> Muppet Vision came out. Uh, the Beauty and the Beast stage show. Uh, the Otten Beach Club opened. Port Orleans opened. Uh, the Dinosaurs television show, and then their their live stage show, they, which was briefly at Disney MGM. They appeared there. Sorcery in the Sky with Vincent Price, which was a, a great. I mean, I haven't seen the new Star Wars show, but that was a, just a great fireworks show at Disney MGM. Uh, Pleasure Island, of course. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the movie set adventure was built then. So the, the playground, which is now probably knocked down. Uh, the Baby Manatee showed up at the Living Seas. Um, the Disney Vacation Club, that was the first year that DVC came out. So the they started out there. Uh, the Sci-Fi Dining Theater was built. The Osprey Ridge and Eagle Pines Golf Courses. Um, does anybody remember when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was at MGM? Oh, yes. I remember yep. seeing them at the studios. Yeah, they yep. were over by where Lights Motor Action was. They would come yep. out. Uh, now this is another one of those things where allegedly they were going to build them a pizza restaurant at what at one point too. So <clears throat> that was part of that churning of like, oh, we're going to put it in a Muppet restaurant, and then it was like, oh no, we're going to do be teenage mutant turtles. <laughs> so today we finally have we finally have a Muppet pizza restaurant. So it just took another twenty some odd years. Um, the Mini Moo cow. Do you remember this cow that had like yes. the Mickey Mouse pattern on its side? They pay- he he was born he or she was born in the Midwest somewhere and Disney paid dearly to get that cow. It was Minnie yes. Moo, wasn't it? Yeah, Minnie Moo. Yeah, Minnie Moo. In uh, Magic Kingdom. Yep, that's right. Over in Mickey's whatever they were calling it land at that point. <laughs> um, right Dixie in my landings. wheelhouse. Yeah, Dixie Landings <laughs> opened with, uh, I guess, with Port Orleans before it was shuttered, and Dark Wing Duck joined uh, the Disney Afternoon crew over in Mickey's birthday land. So. Let's get dangerous. Sorry, Mickey Starland. It was Starland um, at that point. I'm trying to remember which, whether it was the 15th or the 20th, where they had the cornfield uh, in like Iowa that was carved to look like Mickey's head. Oh, yeah. And oh, uh, I'll have to check my my uh, records at some point. I have a picture of it on my work uh, machine, but it's uh, they paid a farmer uh, that, that was on normal flight routes between. I think it was Chicago and L.A. for the flight to Disneyland. And the same cornfield would often be passed over by planes on their way to Orlando from the west. And they paid a farmer to carve the <laughs> Mickey Mouse, Mickey's head giant, visible from the air in the cornfield. And so it was a big promo thing that they did. I don't remember if it was 15 or 20, but I know I know it happened. I, I think it made it into the Disney News, if I recall, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, those, those are the great kinds of promotions 
that they would do just to like capture the national attention for, you know, a, for a period of time and probably showed probably showed up at that little thing at the end of the, the five o'clock news at the, the feel good story at the end. But if um, it got 10 people to come visit, there you go. It was worth totally it. Totally worth it. Yeah. Um, now, the reason that there was such a big push here, if, if you remember, is like this was just after uh, or, or during the time of the war in Kuwait and tourism was down terribly in Orlando. So uh, a lot of this stuff done done here was to try to attract people back to the resort because um, I, I can recall going there in the summertime when it would be open till midnight and you would literally see like one or two other people as you would walk through major sections of the park. So the war had just ended. Uh, they they started to uh, to get this stuff fired up. So the timing was actually really perfect to do a reinvestment back into the parks and, and get more people coming in. Um, so if if there were 5000 reporters at that 10th anniversary, they, they tried to up it. They brought in 7000 reporters and their guests from 28 countries. Uh, and they also took 500 members of the media on an around the world trip to uh, to the other Disney parks, too. So they took them not only to Walt Disney World, but also to uh, to Japan and probably also showed them the, the work in progress that was going on in uh, in France at the time, too. Uh, and uh, there was one interesting thing that I ran into when I was going through the news that they actually stopped that year. So apparently up until 91, uh, they would send the Florida state legislature uh, down to Orlando and stay at Walt Disney World for a, like a three day weekend. Yes. They had uh, the Florida legislators weekend. Yep. Yeah. And uh, they actually had to cut it out that year uh, because they enacted a new law uh, with the ethics stuff. Uh, where legislatures couldn't accept a gift any more than hundred dollars, and then that that spelled the end of uh, of that practice. And, and instead, Disney sort of like put up a, a luncheon for them up somewhere in Tallahassee and gave them hot dogs and and whatnot. So, so somewhere in deep in my computer files, I have a series of pictures of the invitation to Florida legislators weekend that they sent out uh, somewhere late seventies, early eighties. But it was it, it's the the invitation is so elaborate. It it's literally a fold out Empress Lily, where when you open it up, the invitation forms the Empress Lily in like a pop up book type format, and then it has additional enclosures that have the full schedule of things that they get to do for the week. And basically, they all got VIP guides and things like you know the whole legislature. Every meal, I mean everything. I, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to gather it so that so that we can tweet and Facebook it out. It's, it's, yeah, but, it's. I've been sitting on it for a while because I'm like, ah, who would be interested in this? But Hal just brought it up. <laughs> but it was the 20th. It was a really that was a really great celebration. That was that was a good year. Uh, but nothing compared to the 25th. with us when you wish upon a star. come and remember the magic remember the magic remember the magic so the 25th anniversary rolled around uh, the latter half of 1996 and uh, we'll go through some of the things that were done for the 25th before we get to the most infamous thing done for the 25th. Uh, but first, we should note the television special. Uh, or I should say specials, because 
The 25th anniversary was so big, there wasn't one television special. There was three. Um, the first one that I want to mention is the, uh, the there was a show that ran from 1994 to 98, I think it was, called uh, Inside Out. Uh, it was monthly on the Disney Channel, and it would report on things going on in the parks. And it was basically a promotion vehicle for the parks. Uh, but it was a content filler for the Disney Channel. It's a traditional special that you've kind of become used to. Uh, in this instance, for the 25th anniversary kickoff, it was the first of the specials to air. Uh, Roy Disney, Michael Eisner, the Muppets, Disney characters, lots of ABC celebrities because uh, Disney had just bought ABC the year before. So uh, you would see them featuring on attractions like Ellen was introducing Ellen's Energy Adventure. Alex Trebek, Drew Carey, Chevy Chase, Boy Meets World, Michael J. Fox, David Robinson from the uh, San Antonio Spurs, right? Yeah, Hillary Clinton, yes. um, you name it. And there was a recorded message at the end uh, with President Clinton uh, kind of saluting them for their 25th anniversary, followed by Illuminations footage. And it was just, it was an hour-long special kind of kicking the thing off. Then uh, in February of 97... Uh, February 28th, to be precise, they uh, did the ABC special, the WDW 25th anniversary party. That was hosted by Melissa Joan Hart, who was starring in Sabrina the Teen Witch at the time. Uh, Will Friedel from Boy Meets World. Again, Drew Carey, Jeff Daniels, Rosie O'Donnell, Gloria Estefan. I told you she'd be back. Uh, there was test track promos, which wouldn't open fully for like two more years because... They had all those problems trying to get the ride system running. There was a visit to Imagineering in this one, kind of like how described in the 20th anniversary one. Uh, they probably spent five or six minutes there at Imagineering, interviewing different Imagineers and showing you things that they were working on, how they build rides. Um, there was a backlot concert in New York Street at MGM Studios by the Village People and Donna Summer. Yes. So you're like, you know, you're all on this, right? <laughs> Uh, Drew Carey drives around the property, basically showing each theme park, most of the resorts, included the parades and fireworks, mentions most of the attractions. And I think it's the first time they promoted turkey legs. There's a, there's a <laughs> shot where Drew Carey's eating a turkey leg and like uh, making a big deal over the turkey legs. So I think it might be his fault that they became a thing. Uh, he even goes to Pleasure Island to introduce Donna Summer. Uh, and then Gloria Estefan performs at the Fountain of Nations in Epcot. Uh, Michael J. Fox leads, uh, dressed as a tour guide, leads a backlot tour at uh, Disney MGM Studios. Rosie O'Donnell, uh, so the, for those of you who saw Destination D with the weird Joe Rohde uh, mm -hmm. playing a character with James Cameron, um, it, it's not the first time that was done. Rosie O'Donnell plays a Philip Marlowe type character leading you on a tour of the Tower of Terror. And, you uh -huh. know, it's, it's it's interesting, too, that we're, we're still in that hokiness of these these television specials they have not they all I mean, look got, like pre-shows i mean every yeah clip is like one of those goofy pre-shows before before a ride yeah and, and nothing's gotten really I, I guess they're somewhat improved over you know craft salutes but still well the interesting level. the interesting thing about rosie's section is after they do the tower of terror and kind of explain to you how the ride works and they do they explain the whole ride system in this special they then go to the uh, alien encounter, the extraterrestrial encounter. And if you've never experienced that attraction before they uh, ripped it out and put Stitch in in its place, uh, it was legitimately scary. It was really well done. Uh, really a little bit well, too yeah. scary. 
Um, and this special, which is on YouTube, uh, you should watch it just to see the section on Alien Encounter because it gives you a really good glimpse of what that attraction was and some of some of the effects that were in there and how, kind of how cool it was. Uh, but the last 20 minutes, uh, you know, and again, we're it's the first time following up on Hal's mention of the 20th and the history. Uh, they do a recap of kind of Walt and the building of the parks and resorts. And then Gloria Estefan, again, sings uh, Remember the Magic, the theme song that they wrote for the 25th anniversary, in front of a smoke machine-filled castle walkway uh, to send us off to call travel agents and book our trips to see the magic in person. Uh, <laughs> but that was not the best special of the 25th anniversary. The best was the third one, which was called Witching, uh, the word witch. Uh, Witching, you were here. It was a Disney Channel special hosted by Caroline Ray, who was also from Sabrina the Teen Witch. Um, she stands on a stage at the beginning with Abe Lincoln in the Hall of Presidents and makes a standing next to Lincoln in a theater joke. And that sets the tone for the whole night. Hi. <laughs> she plucks. Here we go. Follow along here. She plucks two time traveling kids from 1971 and sends them on a tour of the 1996 era Disney Resort. In Epcot, she visits a mime stuck inside a clear ball outside France before Wait giving a minute, the, the mimes. I'm, I'm having flashbacks to, uh, you know, uh, who, who was it, Hal? The, the, uh, the mimes? Oh, come on. Shields and Yarnell. Shields, Shields and Yarnell. <laughs> I was going to say, these two flashback kids. Was, is, is, is it Dana Plato and, and Ricky Schroeder? I was about to say Carter and Sanborn, and they hosted a <laughs> show here. Why did the mime need to be in a clear ball, though? Don't they need nothing? They it's just like a hamster. Mime. You have to. It's, it's so bizarre. I'm not even done. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so after they see the mime, they go on a tour of World Showcase. They end up sitting on the ledge of my favorite fountain in all of Disney World, which is the, uh, the France. fountain in Yes, those of you who visited me know how exciting I get it there. But because they were they were recording and they didn't want the interference from the water, they had the fountain turned off. So they're sitting next to it, just still water on the screen. <laughs> uh, so they then head to Disney MGM Studios where they run all through that park. Then they look at Future World, hopping around to a few one-off attractions. And then the show ends with them participating in the Remember the Magic Parade. You've oh. got to see this. So do they I ever get back to 1971? Okay, so at the end... Uh. She sends them back to 1971. They get there and they realize they still have her book of spells. Oh. So they transport themselves back to uh, 1996. And that's where they meet up with her at the Remember the Magic Parade. And so, so of course, the only way you can kind of tell they're from the 70s is that it's, it's uh, a white kid and an African-American kid. And the African-American kid has like, the white kid could be from any era. You can't tell the difference. The, the, the African-American kid has, I mean, he has an afro. He's got uh, like a 70s camera around and some like 70s clothes on. But that's the only indication that these, these kids are not from 1996. Do they have so, ticket books? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No. And short shorts. So, so nothing over here. Nothing got better since the 10th anniversary <laughs> special. We really didn't improve much. They're funnier. I mean, <laughs> it's absolutely funnier. They, they, they end up with the Remember the Magic Parade. Uh, there were six giant floats 
Uh, again, following up, I guess on the Tencennial, they had the six floats, one for each land. This one was different. This was six uh, floats, each with featuring different characters or, or movies. Uh, and they added like a street theater element to, to this parade where you had people strolling along. They would actually have audience participation. So the parade opened with Disney royalty. It was Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Pluto, Goofy, Chip and Dale, Cinderella and Prince Charming rode under like a glittering 25th anniversary logo on the float. Sounds very much like the 10th, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on other floats, they had Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, uh, and then an Enchanted Forest float that was kind of like a catch-all. It had Alice in Wonderland, Snow White, Mary Poppins, Baloo and King Louie, Pocahontas, Winnie the Pooh, and Tigger, trailed by Pinocchio and Geppetto on foot. I guess they didn't make the float uh, early enough, so they had to walk behind it. But uh, there were points at the parade where it would stop, and they would incorporate kids from the audience into their act, like doing things like the limbo, which Twitter would lose its mind now if they had (laughs) people stopping and limboing in the middle of the parade. (laughs) But that was part of the parade back then. Um, So... That parade ran, obviously, throughout the 25th anniversary. When you entered the park back then, obviously, they had the floral logo and everything when you walked in uh, to through the turnstiles. But the first thing you would hit was the 25th anniversary Welcome Center in Town Square. And at the you visited there to get your pin noting the year of your first visit and designating you as a guest of honor. And if you have a drawer, junk drawer somewhere, you more than likely have, and you visited during those two years, you more than likely have at least one of those guest of honor pins uh, that they would take like um, almost like a P-touch, like a label printer, and print your year. Like my the year of my first visit was, and of course, like I have one that says 1988. I remember uh, that, but, yeah. But you would tell them what year you visited, and they would like hand you a 1971 or 72 or whatever pin, uh, and you were supposed to wear it around, and that was you know, showing you were a guest of honor for the 25th anniversary. I think I have about five in my in my drawer somewhere because um, you could go in every day and get a new pin. Uh, a video was shown in the Welcome Center previewing the attractions that were under construction, including the Animal Kingdom, which would open a few months after the 25th anniversary celebrations ended in January 1998. Uh, every visitor to the Magic Kingdom also received a lithograph. Uh, so they gave everybody one of these posters and all you really had to do was go in and you know get your poster for the day. So if you went more than one day, you get more than one poster. Uh, so I have like three in a closet here, but uh, how you've got one in front of you. Can you describe the artwork? Sure. It's uh, so it's, it looks like it's about maybe 11 by 14 uh, on white. There's a very ornate sort of gold carved looking frame. Uh, it's sort of an oval shape and, and Mickey as a saucer sorcerer is on top. And then it's got Goofy and uh, Lemire uh, and a couple of the other characters. So I see uh, Simba. And the genie kind of running around the outside. Uh, it's got the 25th logo in a pumpkin down at the bottom because the the Cinderella's uh, carriage was was part of that logo. Yes. And then it has a uh, a nighttime shot of the Cinderella castle with uh, Mickey walking up to the castle uh, hand in hand with a small child, and uh, there's a shooting star running behind one of the castle spires. It's it's quite lovely. Yeah. Sort of purples and that small child is now eligible for social security. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so everybody got one of those posters. So you got a poster, you got a pin, like the 25th was a big deal. Some of the attractions that premiered that year uh, during the 25th was the Hunchback musical at Hollywood Studios, uh, Illuminations 25 version of Illuminations in Epcot with uh, the Lion King and a Circle of Life themed uh, finale, 
the 101 Dalmatians backstage pass experience in MGM. Oh, man, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell people what it was real quick? Yeah, they had they had actual what I assume were actual set pieces from the yes. 101 Dalmatians movie. Uh, and in fact, I think one of the most notable parts, uh, well, actually, the they set it up, uh, if you remember the old walking tour where you'd start in the special effects uh, buildings working way back. They revamped the special effects tour. So in the first section, you actually saw some like audio animatronic uh, dogs that they had mm -hmm. created for it. And I'm trying to remember where they had the bee, if they had replaced the bee or if it was still... From Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I yeah. I don't remember that being replaced. Yeah. That, but, that was there for a while. I yeah. Remember. I remember but, more costumes, props. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then later on, you would walk down into uh, one of the larger uh, sound stages, and they actually had sort of the outdoor set of her mansion all done up uh, as if it was snow covered with snow and icicles everywhere. And it was, that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was legit. Like they pushed that movie a lot that that time period for sure. Absolutely. Um, and so the other the the one other big opening during the twenty fifth was they opened the boardwalk. Mm. Uh, so the boardwalk resort and the boardwalk uh, entertainment area was opened in the summer of ninety six. So all of them were promoted as being tied to the twenty fifth anniversary. But the big thing they did for the 25th anniversary, and you know I'm excited to talk about it. The limo? It, you, the you candles not, out in front of the train It's not the limo scene. No. It's the it's, it's the logo, too. I think that's what it is. I'll, the limo scene. I think the limo scene was, uh, was actually for Disney MGM's opening, I think. No, no, no. There's a 25th one, too, unless they use the same limo. No, well, they used the same one. They made it a Barbie one, too, when Barbie was at Epcot. <laughs> it's a horrible so. limo. That's another uh, along That's, the lines of the of the stunt spectacular. There'll yes. be there'll be a failures episode in the future. So the uh, the cake castle, um, and it is much maligned, uh, not often beloved by many. And I wouldn't say I was beloved. I, 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 I it was beloved to me. I will say uh, there's a couple of stories attached to it, and I hope in my notes I don't stumble over. But I, at the time, there was no, you know, Facebook or even AOL or that kind of stuff that was around, but I wasn't like a message board follower. So while I was aware that Disney was having a 25th anniversary, uh, I was not, I, I saw the Cake Castle for the first time in January of 98, which was its last month that it was there. And I didn't know about it. I, so I must not have been a good Disney fan then. Uh, but we, I remember getting onto the ferry. Uh, with my friend Rob. Hi, Rob. Everybody knows Rob. He was on the uh, he was on he was the cat skipper on our boat. <laughs> he was driving the boat. Yeah, he was driving the boat. And uh, we get on there. We get on the ferry, and I'm standing next to him, and I see the cake castle, and I literally said to him, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> and oh my <laughs> like, God, yeah, he said, he said uh, well, "That's the giant birthday cake." I'm like, "What are, what are you talking about?" Like, and so he starts describing to me like they transformed the castle into the world's biggest birthday cake, and I just looked at it and I didn't hate it. I, I, I was just like stunned because I was expecting to see Cinderella castle. What I remember about the trip and I will get into the castle in a second, but what I remember about the trip setting the stage is I just remember every time I was kind of in the hub area on the side, just, just staring at it. I couldn't look away. <laughs> I was fascinated by it, like fascinated by how they did it and, and, and <laughs> why they did it. 
Uh, All I picture is Pee Wee with the snakes when he's rescuing the <laughs> pet store, just Ugh. and then he runs <laughs> melting, falling down. So, so, so I, I am one of those people. I don't hate the castle. It's become something of a. It, I, I have a great memories of that trip, and uh, I had great memories of seeing it. And now I love seeing the kitschy merchandise, and I'm amused by how much everybody hates yeah. it. Well, um, and you know, if you guys remember last, last month when we were down to, uh, at the Contemporary, the Reese Riley Review invited us up there, and Art Miles. Uh, talked a little bit about uh, when he was a photographer, how that cake had a, uh, had an impact on the view of the wedding facility at the Grand yes. Floridian, where out the window, which was perfectly framed for your wedding photos, was Perfect. Cinderella's <laughs> castle. All of a sudden, you have this bright Pepto-Bismol pink and yellow and awesome thing, and they, they very quietly put up a, a stained glass uh uh, yeah, I think it was just like a fake picture almost in the background. Yeah, something. yeah, some, something over. I don't, maybe Art could share some photos of it with us, but um, to block out the view. So it's kind of interesting how that had an effect in other ways that you wouldn't have wouldn't have ever expected. Yeah. So for those of you who are confused by what we're talking about, or maybe not uh, completely down with it, uh, twenty five candles, one for each year, as the castle was transformed into the world's biggest birthday cake. Snow globes, T-shirts, sweatshirts, posters, pins, watches, miniature figurines, books, and magazines all featured the cake castle. Uh, in fact, there was a Kodak you could send away for the watch. You, you had like proofs of purchase, and there was a form you could send away to get the watch. Because every now and then I see those cake castle watches, which I don't own, uh, on eBay. And I'm like, where the hell do they have them? I don't remember seeing them for sale. I, I think you need one. I, I got to see if I have one. I might at some point, <laughs> I do need one. one, but I do know I had a, I had a cake castle t-shirt and last, <laughs> last new year's Eve, uh, we were in the mat, we were in Epcot and, uh, uh, going into the Mexico pavilion to ride the boat ride. And as we are walking in, it was, and if you've ever been there on new year's Eve, I mean, Epcot's packed. So, you know, you're kind of walking single file. We're moving slowly through, uh, those ramps on each side of the Mexico pavilion that, that go down into the into the actual shopping market uh, and restaurant. And a man, you know, an older man, like 60, walked past us, my group of friends, and was wearing the same pink Kite Castle t-shirt that I had. <laughs> I didn't see it, but all of my friends on mass knowing me <gasps> said, Brian, look at his shirt. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, so, so the t-shirt... Even if I had, it would not fit anymore. But my favorite of the two T-shirts they had for the Cake Castle, there was a second one, literally said uh, something on the front. I forget what it is, but it was a a um, maybe it was Cinderella Castle on the front, and it said that was then, and on the back was the pink Cake Castle, and it said this is now with the 25th anniversary logo. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we had a. Uh, letter come in. Uh, Joe Parkscope Joe wrote into us uh, asking how they did the castle. So we're gonna we're gonna cover that. Uh, painted uh, so that the view from Main Street was a complete cake. But once you moved to the sides of the of the uh, illusion, it began to stop. And so it was a two tone castle. If you were looking at it from the side walkways from Frontierland or Tomorrowland, so part of it was pink and part of it was gray. And in the rear in Fantasyland, the castle was completely left untouched, except for two bizarre inflatable strips of icing piping that were along the railings outside Cinderella's <laughs> royal table, looking down on the carousel. So it was like you could have had a full 
uh, normal castle picture from behind, but they said, let's put these two strips here just to make sure nobody takes a normal castle picture <laughs> for the next 18 months. Uh, so they were unnecessary to any illusion. It's so odd to see. I do have a picture of it. I, in fact, I tweeted it at Hal for his birthday. Um, and you know, t- uh, Brian, your, your mention of 18 months just shows, again, the, the grandiose of, of how over the time these celebrations grew. We talked about just a, uh, you know one and two days, and then it was going to be yeah. a year, and now we're a year and a half so of pushing My this. recollection, the 25th may have been the first time, but I could be wrong. I mean, we go back, Hal might remember, that they established the 15-month window where it would be mm-hmm. October the 1st until the 31st of December the following year was oh, always okay. the window for their promotions. The reason I said 18 with the K-Castle is it took them two months to put it up and two months to yeah. take it down. Right, so you get bonus. Um, so anyway, the foundation of the castle, th- this is what Joe asked. Joe asked how they did it. Was it inflatable? Was it hard plastic? He's heard and seen both. Uh, this is what it was. The foundations of the castle, uh, the walls on three sides were painted pink. The turrets and the spires uh, were all covered with set pieces. And uh, Joe asked how the overlay was achieved and if it was inflatable or hard plastic. The answer is both. The piping around the turrets and the spires, the large candles, the candy cane and straw candy pieces that are red, white, and yellow uh, on the largest parts of the castle, they were all inflatable. Uh, The lollipops, the round hard candy that look like lifesavers, and the gumdrops that pop out of the icing over the doorways and around the castle, that was all hard plastic. Uh, And if you study some of the videos online that zoom in, you can actually see some of the inflatables. They would sway just a little bit. They They were in there pretty tight. Uh, but you could see them move and give way a little bit uh, if it was a windy day. Uh, On a personal note, about six or eight months ago, uh, somebody auctioned off one of the uh, hard pieces of candy that was over the doorway of the castle. Uh, It was about the size of like a large truck tire. Uh, (laughs) I did bid on it all the way till the end, uh, but after it got, it, it ended up going for about 200 bucks, but that would absolutely be hanging in a room somewhere in my house <laughs> if, I, if I was able to win it. Uh, so if somebody else has a piece of the cake castle out there they want to send me, uh, I will happily accept it. Uh, but the transformation took about uh, two months, as I said, started in August of 96. And then it took, a, again, two months to remove it at the end of January of 98. And well, as that's I said, four I, months of garbage looking, though. You know what I mean? Like if they painted well, like half of it pink. And... And, I mean, it's the same way when they're put. I mean, the cranes ruined yeah. the but that's like different. That's not like half of it's pink or half of it's got a. I don't disagree with you. I mean, they put all those embellishments on for the what was it the fortieth a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. It was the fortieth. They put all the, the the that picture that changed over over the castle archway and uh, things. I think that was for Disneyland's fiftieth. I think is what it was for. Anyway, um, so. The merchandise, as I said, featured for the 25th, featured Sorcerer Mickey and a 25th anniversary logo, which usually featured the Remember the Magic text scrolled somewhere along the bottom. It was probably larger overall than the Tencennial, although the Tencennial was mostly just restricted to the Magic Kingdom since it was the only park at the time. It wasn't really a resort-wide event like the 25th was. Uh, But if you could not make it to Walt Disney World for the 25th, they brought the 25th anniversary to you oh. uh, in the form of a road show uh, from the Orlando Sentinel in January 1997. They can describe it better than I. First came the promotions with household names such as McDonald's and Sears and commemorative project products ranging from CD-ROMs to credit cards. 
Then came the largest press event in Walt Disney World Company's history, drawing more than 10,000 journalists and other invited media representatives and their guests in early October. Now, with nearly 12 months remaining in Walt Disney World's 25th anniversary celebration, the company's marketing machine is cranking up again. Disney World this week will launch one of its most ambitious promotional tours ever, a musical show that will stop in 25 cities during the next few months. The shows will be heavily advertised and free to the public, playing in shopping mall parking lots and other locations in Disney's top U.S. markets. The Magical Memories Tour, not to be confused with the Beatles album of a similar name, that's very helpful, (laughs) kicks off January 17th in Miami and then moves on to five other Florida cities. A February 1st stop at Altamont Mall is the only Central Florida date. In April, the tour will head out of state. The 23-minute show features the Mad Hatter, Mary Poppins, Mickey Mouse, and other Disney characters in song and dance numbers that culminate with the inevitable pyrotechnics. There is also, you ready, a 68-foot-tall inflated version of Cinderella Castle decorated, decorated like the real one as a bubblegum pink birthday cake. Who's got this now? I, I need this in my backyard, this inflatable cake. <laughs> Disney expects tens of thousands of people to see the Magical Memory Show. The marketing push will continue on other fronts as well. So here's a couple more things they were doing. Uh, the primetime anniversary special, which is the one we talked about, the second one I talked about. Uh, American Express will start advertising special card member benefits at Disney World this month. Kodak's campaign begins today with a sweepstakes that will award the winner and 25 companions a free trip to Disney World. Also mm. with proof of purchase from a roll of film, for $7.95 you can get the commemorative Castle Cake watch. General Motors, JT, has filled, its, has filled its car showroom in Midtown Manhattan with 25th anniversary images and information. Since the anniversary materials were brought in last month, the New York showroom has drawn a record number of visitors. I'm assuming they don't have a New York showroom anymore. Do you have any idea, JT? So they used to have a space on Fifth Avenue. uh, Okay. I I think it was their building because I remember being there sometime in the 90s and they actually had a pretty large display touting Test Track. uh, In New York? Yeah, in New York City. I mean, they've been based out of Detroit for ever, but right. yeah, I don't know. New York yeah. is the, you know, it's the biggest city in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So a third wave of anniversary marketing will get underway before the summer, promoting the upcoming openings of Disney's Wide World of Sports Complex, its Test Track, a GM-sponsored thrill ride at Epcot. Now, for Philadelphians like me, the Philadelphia Inquirer shared a few more details about the uh, roadshow's local appearance here. It said, Disney, you didn't listen to the commercials. You didn't go to Walt Disney World for its 25th anniversary. Bad parent. But wait, Walt Disney World is coming here with a 65-foot-tall pink and white 25th anniversary Magical Memories Castle Cake, as well as Disney characters. Cake and Creatures will stop at Aiken's Oval. And for those of you who know, it's right in front of the art museum where Rocky ran up the steps. Oh, and sure. uh, and then Saturday and Sunday, it would be at the Echelon Mall. In addition to the inside mall shows, Belle from Beauty and the Beast will entertain outside Strawbridge and Clothier's department store court. Mickey or Minnie Mouse will greet outside Boscov's department store. And Tigger or Winnie the Pooh will greet outside JCPenney both afternoons. We did manage to track down an eyewitness to the road show at the Echelon Mall. 
please welcome my neighbor across the river in New Jersey, Matt, who was with us on our Lake and Lagoon tour at Destination D a few weeks ago and can be found on Twitter at Horizons One. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks, Brian. Welcome, hey, Matt. guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, how's it going? Very good. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. So, Matt, the lore of an inflatable castle cake was too much for you to resist. Are you correct? <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, so I was a Disney fan, obviously, at that point. And uh, I still live here in South Jersey. But growing up in South Jersey, you're, you're never more than 10 minutes from a mall. I had three within 10 minutes of me, and one of them was the was the Echelon Mall. But kind of the funny part about having it located there is, uh, unlike a lot of malls, the Echelon Mall sort of hidden away. It was part of a, a master development, so it's surrounded by uh, a lot of uh, residential uh, sort of neighborhoods, uh, condominiums, apartments. There's a library there. So you're kind of just driving through a neighborhood, and lo and behold, there's a mall. So it's it was always a sort of uh, an odd place for a mall. And... Uh, so they they put the this uh, the magical memories tour there, and you just sort of be driving through this neighborhood, and then as shocking as uh, you know seeing the the castle cake when you come under the train trestle and look down uh, Main Street, you'd suddenly see this giant pink castle in the middle of this neighborhood where they would uh, they would put on the show. So it was uh, it was kind of strange. Um, I, th- there were some pictures taken. I have not been able to track them down though, because that was uh, back in the back in the film days. But uh, the experience itself was very much like a castle show, like you'd see now. So the characters would come out, and they did a, a song, or you know, some sort of story was played out. It was probably about a fifteen-minute thing, and then they had kind of a meet and greet uh, after that. And I think they were giving away a couple of vacations, and of course, you could uh, you could reserve your next trip to uh, the Vacation Kingdom uh, right there. Um, and uh, I believe they also ran because there was a Disney store in that mall. They ran something with that, so some additional characters were, uh, like Brian was mentioning, were, were inside, and uh, they were doing some giveaways in the Disney store. So, and, um, and and daytime fireworks right out in the parking lot. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just like they do daytime fireworks um, out in the parking lot, they did sparklers and fog machines and stuff. So uh, th- that part I remember I was kind of startled because I really was not expecting. You know, you're kind of in the middle of a mall parking lot, and the the show finishes, and I don't remember if they played "Remember the Magic" or not. But the you know the big song finishes and then boom you know there's sparklers flying everywhere in the middle of this parking lot right in the middle of this neighborhood uh so it's kind of an as, as odd as the the castle was in the park it was even odder in the in the middle of this uh this uh, very residential suburban area uh, right in the middle of south jersey I, if if they did it today there'd be 50 youtube videos of the castle actually inflating that people were taking or yeah. deflating yeah. Uh, so it, as I remember, and from some, there are a few pictures of it online. Um, if you if you Google for yeah. it, you yeah, can I have a few pictures in, in Central Park. I think there's some pictures where where they did the show there. It looks like, and as I remember, the bottom was sort of solid. So maybe the first ten feet was like a set piece, and then above that was just this giant inflatable. And I think it was sixty or sixty five feet. Uh, tall so pretty impressive road show um, but uh, it, was, it was very much sort of a, a but not like being there what's that <laughs> not like being there no no not at all not at all so um, you know with, with that many malls in the area that's what you did as a teenager uh, so we, we saw the show it's like okay cool we're, we're gonna go back to Disney World then we went into the food court had some pizza and that was uh, that was sort of the weekend well an eyewitness to cool. history yeah, so I, I witnessed it. I unfortunately have no idea where that castle ended up. But uh, do, do do any of the rest of you have twenty fifth anniversary memories? I was I there mean, in November of ninety six. 
I went and I, I was telling you guys earlier, I think one of the craziest things, I thought it was weird, like not like like I was weirded out, like I was like, oh cool, something different. Like my mom and my sister, I remember, were like, eh, it's not as cool as it used to be because, you know, they liked Cinderella's castle. But we saw it, and I got to dig up my pictures. Um, they used to do those tours of the Wilderness Lodge where they would actually take you on the roof and like just for a view. And I remember taking pictures of it from the roof of the lodge, the castle cake, which was, I don't know, seems like a unique perspective at the time, but um, definitely cool though. We were there. I remember um, coming in and, and actually I wasn't necessarily a big fan of the castle cake, but what I did really like was on the train station on the outside. It was, there were these big candles that were lined yes. up. Um, and that was actually kind of classy and, and kind of cool. That always made me smile when we, when we walked up to it. I think there were 25 of them. Probably yeah. The rest I remember, of it, that I remember that sense. as well. Yeah, the, the rest of it. Uh, I mean, other than that and the cake, it's like they didn't do a lot to the and merchandise. The lots and lots of merchandise. Yeah, lots of merchandise. Maybe some bunting here and there, but like I, a, I, I want to say there was a. In fact, I know there was because I saw a picture of it today. There was a like a 25th anniversary display uh, outside the 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 fountain at the entrance to Epcot, the, the, I always forget what we call it, the Lucite spires or whatever that are at the base of spaceship earth. There was a, you know, it was Mickey with the 25th anniversary Cinderella coach logo. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so there was a display there that you could kind of take your picture in front of. Yeah. I, um, the other, I, I do remember actually that I was working for a company that was doing interactive CD ROM stuff. And somehow or another, we ended up getting contracted by Disney's PR department to do a interactive, uh, 1.4 meg floppy disk press kit with uh that that was that's animated a, that's a that whole lot of data in, there you guys it is it's a ton <laughs> we did it in uh, macromind director i think uh so there was send like some quiz and it, it kind of like gave the high like some of the highlights of the things that were opening yeah, yeah. and and there were at, with all of these but especially the 20th and 25th there were a ton of contests and sweepstakes from sponsors uh, you know, the, the articles mentioned McDonald's and, and uh, places like that, but almost, I mean, Good Housekeeping Magazine and Sears oh, yeah. and all kinds of other, everybody seemed to be running a, a contest to give away trips to the Magic Kingdom for to Walt Disney World for the 25th anniversary. Certainly, That's one of the things so, I remember. So I have to admit, too, I, I was, I'm one of the few people that did not visit Walt Disney World during that, the that castle. Ex that explains so much. <laughs> yeah, I well, I was there in 96, but it was March 96. So it was pre-Castle pre Cake, and I didn't return until 98. So I, I, either, depending on how you look at it, it was, it was a shameful timing or a perfect timing. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, now, have yeah. you seen, this is totally not, but have you seen, you know, the projection show they do now where they project... The castle cake? Were you going to address yes, that? Yes, I I, yep. I I cheer for that when it comes because it's <laughs> always very brief. Like it's they like project a quick, the castle like, cake. For, oh, it's, it's there like for a click. You have to Seriously? you have to be paying attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you know, like they'll change it and do different themes. Like yeah. one of them is like it. Pretty much, it's a dead replica, pretty darn close of the castle cake. The castle cake. It's pretty close. Yeah. Um. So. There they don't do that in Paris, oddly. <laughs> Gone but not forgotten. We, we should mention the other times that they mess with the castle. Uh, Stitch. Just, just as a footnote, was Stitch toilet papering it one day, uh, the day he took over the the Magic Kingdom and promoting his attraction coming there. Uh, and so then classy. Right. keep it yeah. classy, WDW. <laughs> keep it classy. Disneyland's fiftieth in two thousand five. They put all of these gold 
or what are they like ornaments i guess on garnishment the, whatever yeah, yeah they were through, through yeah. all the all the the the, the spires. turrets spires and everything else all got a, a gold treatment to them uh and they put this picture large picture frame oval picture frame over top of the castle arch and it would change every half hour or something like that the picture would change um to one of like four or five different pictures each one representing a different castle park i think around the world yeah Um, all right good not great yeah so they did that and uh and then of course they started the dream lights during the holiday season in 1997 or 2007 rather um so this is the ninth year for those which is mind-blowing um anybody else remember anything else they've done to the castle other than Disneyland putting that weird fake snow thing that they put on it during the holidays. No, I just remember uh, them constantly no. closing it to do shows and never letting you walk through it. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard now to get to walk under the arch, which was a great way to get into fantasy land before, but yeah. So that is our uh, glorious visit to the anniversaries of Walt Disney world and specifically the 25th anniversary, which was the biggest, the best until yeah. we see what they do for the 50th. So, all right, well, that wraps up the main topic of this month. Uh, uh, before we sign off here, we also want to uh, let you guys know about some merchandise. Last year, how you designed a, um, a ornament T-shirt uh, based on kind of the, the, the different um, nations around World Showcase and different ways that they would say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, and, and we've got that on a shirt, so we've got that out there on, on our uh, site. That's right. It's got um, sort of like a spaceship Earthish. Yeah, sort of red ornament in the middle. With and I love you got that that the little thing at the top as if it was a hanging ball on yeah. on a tree. So it's a See, great I, design. They're not the only one that could transform Spaceship Earth into something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You've turned it into an ornament yeah, at first. So. so as always, if you're interested in getting uh, any of our merchandise, and uh, uh, you can check us out at retrowdw.com forward slash support us, and that's where you can get all of our t-shirts, mugs. Uh, iPhone cases, all the notebooks and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, and coming in 2017, I'm sure we'll have a, all sorts of new um, uh, logos and new, new designs that Howe is probably churning and thinking about. He's he's looking intently right now. Something. Right. And there's still some of our Whatchamacallit pins and retro WDW yes. pins. Yeah. Available too. Great gifts for the holidays. If you have still a list going, uh, yeah, tell your loved ones to buy you stuff. Yep, we've got a couple of the Lake and Lagoon pins left, so if you're interested in any of those three pins, uh, you can check them out at retrowdw forward slash pins. We'll get them right out to you. Uh, make sure that you get them before the holiday. So, again, as always, all proceeds and anything we make from, from the sales of these items and pins go directly back into the show you're listening to. Help us produce uh, the films and restore the films and get them all transferred and get this stuff uh, out to iTunes and, and Google Play and everywhere else. Speaking of films, we do have a very special film coming up. We have two that we're going to release for the holiday season. We have a special Christmas film from uh, Walt Disney World in the early 70s. It's a short 16 millimeter that we stumbled across. And also we'll be releasing a special Big Thunder Mountain, one of the special films from our uh, six short three-minute 8-millimeter uh, films that we, we came across. And, Brian, you're, you're particularly excited for Big Thunder Mountain, aren't you? You will see uh, these films better than anybody has seen them since uh, Disney's editors looked at them in the 16-millimeter yeah. masters that they cut they, them from. 
They're just in great shape. Todd's done great work with them. And I don't think I don't think there's ever been any other release of this stuff before. So it's it's pretty rare. We stumbled across them. We're able to grab them, and uh, we're going to share them with all of you. And there's five more coming after that, plus some others that we've got tucked away. So. Um, so those will be out uh, around the holiday season. So get hyped, exactly. Especially, especially if you've ever want, wanted to watch a full minute of footage of people riding That's uh, right. the Thunder Mountain Railroad from different Is perspectives, like in car, like yes, in car, in like car, facing point, the cameras like facing the car. Early GoPro the, footage here. You got yes. it. You got That's it. That's awesome. In glorious eighteen frames per second. So. <laughs> um, but with that, before we sign off for the holidays, that's going to be our gift to you guys as we got all these great films are coming out. But Brian, uh, you, you've got something to say that uh, certainly we'll try to send the elevator back down to uh, some of those out, out there. Absolutely. Uh, last year, I shared with all of you the story of how I received a certificate from my parents for my first trip to Walt Disney World on Christmas Eve 1987. So this year, I'd like to close out our Christmas season show with a little history of Walt Disney's love for Christmas and his involvement with the Toys for Tots program. Uh, Toys for Tots began in 1947 in the Los Angeles metropolitan area, and the following year, Walt Disney directed his artists to design a logo for them, a logo that they still use to this day. It's a red train with Toys for Tots written on it, and how fitting for a train enthusiast like Walt Disney. Uh, Walt promoted the charity during the holiday season for the rest of his life in his theme park and on his weekly television programs. Uh, Walt was born during the Christmas season, December 5th, 1901, and he died during the Christmas season, 65 years later, on December 15th, 1966. But the spirit of Walt's devotion to the cause did not die with him. The Walt Disney Company continues supporting Toys for Tots today, carrying on part of Walt's legacy. So if you wish to honor Walt's legacy this year, consider donating a new unwrapped toy at your nearest Toys for Tots drop-off location which you can find at toysfortots.org. And the holidays are a time a lot of people reflect on their blessings and express appreciation to friends and family and share with those less fortunate than themselves. That was certainly true of Walt Disney, and it's true of all of us here on the podcast. Uh, with a little more than two years under our belts, you can count each of us truly grateful for each and every one of you who listen and welcome us into your life for a few hours every month. I have met some wonderful and treasured friends through this podcast, uh, starting with the three guys who co-host this show with me every month. And they join me in expressing that although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you, Happy Holidays, and best wishes for a new year worthy of the dreams and aspirations that Walt Disney had for all of us. Brian, thank you very much for that. Happy Holidays, and we'll see you next year. Follow Todd McCartney and Retro Disney World on Twitter and Instagram at RetroWDW, on Facebook at Retro Disney World. For all things Retro Disney World, including exclusive merchandise, visit us on the web at RetroWDW.com. On Twitter, you can find our producer, Jason Bartell from Deepwater Studios, at JasonDWS. Our announcer, Andre Gardner, at Andre Gardner. And follow our hosts, Hal Bowers, at GoAwayGreen. For JT Couser, at LS1JT. And you can find me on Twitter and Facebook, at Brian P. Miles.